0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Some of the principles in Scripture are harder than others. This one we're going to talk about this morning is hard for me. It's obedience. Um, I'm a rebel at heart. I'm just, I have a rebellious nature. Uh, Not so much toward God anymore. That was in my younger years. Uh, I've learned obedience over the years because I've I've seen his hand bless my obedience. And I've seen, I learned the consequences of disobedience. And so I don't want to revisit that. So my obedience to him is, is a little easier and better than it used to be years ago. I don't like people telling me what to do. You probably some of you probably like me. Uh, I have obedience issues with doctors, and and I love my doctors. They do, they do great jobs, but I don't always agree with them. It's because I know my body better than they do. But they're they're doing a great job. They're good people. I have obedience issues with politicians. I don't like obeying what politicians tell me to do or that I should do. Um, and we'll stop there. I've got more issues, but... We'll stop there because I, I struggle with obedience uh, t- to men, to man, I guess, in general. That's why I need these truths today. I hope you're probably, some of you are here like me. We're looking at the Johns, at the, these essentials, uh, several essentials to the faith. He's He's writing with great contrast about these essentials. And so we're going to look today at this essential of obedience. Essential number one is obedience. Uh, Pick up in verse 3 with me, if you will, in in chapter 2 of 1 John, and we'll read down through verse 14 together. It says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Those who say, I know him, but do not do what he commands, are liars, and the truth is not in them. But if anyone obeys his word... Love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Those who claim to be in the light but hate a fellow believer are still in darkness. Those who love their fellow believers live in the light and there is not, nothing in them that makes them stumble. But those who hate a fellow believer are in darkness and walk around in the darkness. They do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. I'm writing you, to you, dear children, because you, your, your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Well, a few things today I think we can glean from this idea of obedience. The first is this, is obe- we are to be, have obedience to the word. Look at verse 3 again. It says, We know that we've come to know him if we keep his commands. Those who say, I know him but do not do what he commands are liars and the truth is not in them. But anyone, watch this, who obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we're in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. If you're seeing the scripture today and in your life in general, as a bunch of rules and a list that needs to be checked off, you're seeing only a small part of, of the Scripture in its, in its totality. Uh, you're seeing a small slice of a huge pie. Now, from Exodus 20 through the, to, on to the book of Exodus uh, into the book of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, there are a lot of rules in there. Uh, and, and it is uh, for the nation of Israel to further... Uh, give them clarity in how they walk to find the favor of God. And no disputing that those books of the law point us in, in those directions, but the rest of the entirety of Scripture is about the story of Jesus and how our, our story of redemption began in the Old Testament and finds its way into the new. Uh, but it is, it is far more than, than just a book of rules. In fact, probably put more accurately, it's a book of principles more so than a book of rules. We put those principles in place and we find God's blessing in our life. Uh, to recognize those principles and how they apply, though, we need to know the person of this book in in its entirety, what it's about. Uh, If you don't know him, the Bible is a reliable source of noble and accurate and historical information. If you do know him, though, it becomes something supernatural. It becomes spiritual. It becomes something that that is uh, not only changes your here and now, but changes your hereafter changes your attitude, changes the way you think, changes really everything about you because it is a spirit, Holy Spirit, that makes the word gel in our hearts and makes sense to us, in our minds and in our spirits. It's a spiritual book. It's not just for our heads, but for our hearts also. If we don't know him, it's it's, like I said, it's good information for our heads, for our minds to have. If you know him, it changes the heart. And that's, that's the huge difference of why we're to be obedient to the word. Not only obedience to the word, but Obedience to the way. Look at verses 7 and 8. It says, Dear friends, I am writing to, not writing to you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is a message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and true light is shining. Uh, talking about the way you're, you're saying it's not the Hebrew way necessarily. That's what this phrase you've had since the beginning means and points to is the Hebrew way but it's the Jesus way that he points to in verse 8 when he says the truth is seen in him in a person in writings or in the law but in the person of Jesus uh, the truth is seen in him he says now John who's a Jew here is, is, is not writing about an isolated concept that he just pulled out of the air because Jesus himself said in John 14 verse 6 I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father unless he comes through me. Paul put it this way in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by, what's this, a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And he's referring there to the curtain that separated the holy of holies from the holy place. At Jesus' death, when he gave up the ghost on the cross, in the temple, that curtain, that veil was torn in two from top to bottom. It was about 40 feet wide and about 18 feet tall, 18 to 20 feet tall, and woven from one piece of fabric, about three inches thick. Now imagine that being torn in two when, when Jesus gives up the ghost on the cross to say, You have access to a holy place, to a holy God. You no, you no longer need to, to come to me by way of a priest. I, I've made the way myself. So that's, that's access is what he's talking about in his verse to the, to the new way and, and not the old Hebrew way, uh, but to, to the way made access, that access is made by Jesus. Uh, so the way to God is not a set of rules or a list necessarily, uh, but it's a relationship with a person, and the person is Jesus. This, is a, this was a new revelation in this day and time. Uh, but if all you've ever known and experienced is all you think there is about God, most of us have a lot to learn. Uh, I've I've been at this a while. I've been walking with God since I was nine years old. Been serious about his word for probably the last 40 years. Um, or longer than that. But I found that the more I know, the more the... How fast I got it. And if all I, if all I know is all I 've experienced, uh, which is where many of us walk we, in, in relation to our own experience, if all we know is what we've experienced ourselves, uh, what I want you to hear this morning, and by the way of his word is there's so much more to your God than you 've seen he's He's far broader and deeper and and more expansive than anything or anyone we've ever experienced, so the answer to that question for each of us is. If all I know is all I've experienced, is there more to know? Yes, there is more to know. Uh, and and it's, uh, he stands there to, to offer us the new way, a, li- a living way, he says. And obedience points, points us in that direction. points us to the word, to the way. Thirdly, obedience points us to the walk. points us to his walk. Look at verses 9 through 11 with me. It says, those who claim to be in the light but hate a fellow believer are still in darkness. Those who love fellow believers live in the light. There's nothing in them to make them stumble, but those who hate a fellow believer are in darkness and walk around in the darkness. they do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. Uh, when Rome came in to overthrow Jerusalem in seventy a d that's about when this uh, these letters from John were written somewhere between seventy and ninety a d just after Rome had come in to overthrow Jerusalem, the Jews scattered throughout that region um, into, into even converted Jews, Messianic Jews converted Jews scattered into, into Greek churches and, and um, in, in, in there were mixed congregations in, in that sense all over, Greek and Jew um, and um, this in part what John is addressing here this created a sense of elitism that the Jews thought they were better than the Greeks and Gentiles thought they had a better way because they had come from the law and were still, still still seeing the law as valid yet accepting Christ as Messiah and he's saying if you think that way you're in spiritual darkness if you still are relying on the law aside from Christ alone you're still you're walking in spiritual darkness and cultural darkness and biblical darkness and saying that uh, if, if you continue to think that way darkness is what follows you uh, He's pointing, I think, kind of in a backhanded way to the Jews, just to say, if you if you think you're the only ones doing it right, you got a lot to learn here. So he is, as as I said, John, as a Jew, has has come the has kind of an inside track and an opportunity to to speak that way to it, his own people. Um, this idea of thinking we're the only ones that's doing it right is still prevalent in our day. There are churches that, and pastors, and in fact, in some cases, whole entire denominations who look at the NIV scripture that I'm reading out of today as heresy because they're still King James only and don't hear judgment from me from King James. I love the King James translation. It's just uh, difficult sometimes to grasp, especially for a new believer. And from a standpoint of accuracy, it's probably third or fourth down the list of translation in translations. But uh, those wars are still being waged among believers that are senseless, in my view. That uh, I was leading worship at the time; that the worship wars were going on in, in the in the 90s and early 2000s, and uh, being a part of that transition myself. Uh, gave me kind of an, a keen insight into what this was really about. And looking from the outside in, many people thought this was all about style, that you either, it was all about either doing traditional music, choral music, or doing contemporary music and, and with contemporary instruments and, and newer songs. And the, the, the deeper I walked into that, the more I saw it's less and less about style. In fact, it was little in my heart about style and more to do uh, about direction. Meaning, many of the the older, more traditional music in churches and worship in churches was more horizontal. We sang songs about God. As worship began to transition, we began to be more vertical, singing songs to God. Huge difference between, neither one of them are evil or wrong. There's just a huge difference in the approach to what worship is and should be about. And so there are churches this morning singing songs about God that are doing great things and doing great jobs with traditional music and choral music, and I applaud what they do. I'm for them. And on the other end of the spectrum, there are churches that are doing rock and roll, hard hard rock and roll. And that's not me, but I'm for them too uh but as i said in my heart it has less to do about style and more to do about whether worship is vertical or whether it's horizontal whether we're singing about god or whether we're singing to god and our worship is directed to him but some of those wars are probably still going on i I hope i hope we've seen the worst of that and have have moved beyond that Uh, but it's it it is the enemy's job to divide us and and to make Want to make us give things more, far more significance than we should. Um, it's uh, Tony Evans said years ago that uh, when Jesus comes back, He's not coming back to, say, to take sides. He's not going to ride in on an elephant. Not going to ride in on a donkey. Because He's not coming to take sides. He's coming to take over. That 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 walk, that concept of of. Um, how we find ourselves at each other in the body uh, is so carnal and and so fleshly and so driven, as I said, driven by the flesh, but it's sourced in the enemy. We need to recognize how he works. Uh, We don't, any of us, need a walk that asks questions about whether you're liberal or whether you're conservative, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, uh, educated or uneducated. We need a walk that asks, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? And are you walking with him? Is your walk such that those around you are seeing your faith in him is real and genuine, and, and not only can it change has changed your life, but it can change theirs as well? That's, that's the kind of walk that obedience demands of us and asks of us. So we're called to be obedient to the word, to the way, and to the walk. But then this question comes to follow up. Why is obedience so, such an important issue? And look at verses 12 to 14 with me. It says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because you sins have been forgiven on the account of His name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know you know Him, Him who is from the uh, from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. To you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning. Again, to you, uh, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Now. In looking at this context in verses 12 to 14, the first phrase of verse 12 is in correlation with the first phrase of verse 14. I write to you, dear children. Verse 14, dear children. Verse verse 13, I'm writing to you, fathers. Second phrase of verse 14, I write to you, fathers. The last phrase of verse 13, I write to you, young men. The last phrase of verse 14, because I write to you, young men. So these are parallel verses that you have to see in context with each other. that context brings us to, to some of these truths of why obedience is so important. Obedience is so important because spiritual babes just know the basics and they need to know there's more. That's what the first phrase, verse 12 and verse 14, are speaking to, is, is spiritual infancy, spiritual immaturity. Spiritual babes know, know the basics and, and they need to know more. He's writing to the spiritually immature here in reference to the word fathers, saying those of you who are, who are more mature, the spirits of mature need to model it, and it needs to be worth following. They need to model it, and it needs to be worth following. And then he writes to young men here uh, in, in in a cautious way. I'm writing to you, young, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, last phrase, of verse 14 again. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. The word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. What he's, what he's saying there is is because the enemy lack, uh, attacks the vulnerable, they need an arsenal to defeat him. Because the enemy attacks the vulnerable, the vulnerable need an arsenal to defeat him. Um, and those are some, some practical reasons that he gives us in, in these texts of why obedience is such an important principle to follow. What are we to take away? This, probably above all, we're, we're all obedient to something. The question is, what are you obedient to? Where is your obedience pointing to Uh, Is it pointing to a list of rules? Is it uh, it, that you need to check off to align yourself with where God wants you to be and where how He wants you to live? Is your obedience to a spouse? Are you still at home? Your obedience to to your mom and dad, or even if you're not at home, obedience to how how you were raised and your obedience to those principles? Uh, Is your obedience to a boss? Is your obedience to to your job? What you do for a living? what, What your vocation is? Hear hear me say none of those things are wrong or evil. But our obedience is pointing to something or someone. Each of us are. I wonder if that's pointing to the Lord Jesus. But hear this today. If you you miss everything I've said, don't miss this. Don't confuse obedience with compliance. Obedience says you've convinced me. I've I've examined this and I've been convinced I'm obedient to it. Compliance says, I'll go along just to get along, to keep the peace. But I'm not with all of that. He's not calling us to compliance. He's not calling us to go along, to get along. He's calling us to to come away from that and be separate because we've seen and put his word into our walk to see this works every time we apply it. And as we apply it and apply our obedience into our life, God will honor it it and bless his word in us and our walk to Others around us, um, Don't confuse obedience and compliance. Well, let me close with this question. Are you satisfied with where you're ob- with the direction where your obedience is pointing? because your obedience is going to point to what you value most? We talked about several of those things there just a moment ago. as I shared with you as we began. Uh, I struggle with obedience because I have a a rebellious spirit, and so oftentimes my obedience points to me. I'm my own problem, and I realize that. uh, My my own selfishness, my own arrogance. I think in some cases I know more than God knows, and in many cases I think I know more than everybody else knows. Sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't. Uh, And I get it. But if, if, I, if my obedience points to me, where and how do I learn to start correcting that? Let me give you two or three suggestions. I start with what I know. And I encourage you this morning to start with what you know. You think, see, all I know is John 3:16. I know Jesus is my Savior. It's a great place to start. You start with what you know. live out what you know. And you start to put feet and voice and hands to what you know. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to start to get hungry to know more that's going to start to be thin for you after a while so start with what you know then how do do i know more well let me give you a couple suggestions first of all i need to hear from god meaning i need to have my face and my nose in this book in his word Uh, uh, another great suggestion is in the context of walking with other believers that's why groups are important groups are kicking off this wednesday i encourage you to connect up with doc or myself or john walking out our faith in the context of body life is an important thing. It's it's why the church and so much writing to the church was was centered around those those very things of our doing life together with, with other believers. Uh, and another great suggestion for you is a toolbox back in this back room behind the Auditorium Resource Center. There are some great tools for you to grow there, grow your faith. If you to learn more as you start to walk out what you know and as your hunger grows, some great tools there for you to, to tap into to to know and and develop more, but not only do we need to hear from God, we need to talk to God. We need to make prayer a way of life, and that's what He speaks to in the Scripture when Paul says, "Encourage us to pray without ceasing." He's not talking about going walking around with our head down, our eyes closed, 24/7. He's talking about our living and walking in an attitude of prayer, meaning that we don't have to transition, we don't have to shift to pray to God. We can do do so on our drive to one place or another. We can do so at work as, as time and opportunity presents. We can do so on the way as life is occurring for us and in front of us. Living and talking to him is, is as I say there, is, is, a, is a great tool for our own growth, but it, it needs to be a lifestyle for us that we, we live and stay and maintain an attitude of prayer. Uh, so that we don't have to go in a closet somewhere, we don't have to have, have our eyes closed even necessarily, uh, but can can maintain conversation with Him on a regular basis. Uh, in fact, the more we do that, uh, the more honest our prayers become. The less right, self-righteous they become. It it is. Uh, this is going to sound judgmental, but I, I I think the Lord wants me to say it. No, I don't don't hear judgment in this. That's not my intent. But if the only time we feel like we're able to pray is when we are uh, coming to him in a formal way, Almighty God, hear the prayer of your children today. If that's how you've been led to pray, please don't hear judgment in that. He just wants you to talk to him. Just talk to him. Not going to have much of a marriage if you don't talk to your spouse. Not going to have much of a walk if you don't talk to your God. Need to hear from him, need to talk to him. Thirdly, we need to serve him. Uh, that's, that's where the vehicles of the church comes in. Not just in the context of church, of local church, but great opportunities to serve in, in the church and here. We need people to work with children. We need people to help with worship team. We need people to help with media. We need people to help with hospitality. A lot of great opportunities to serve here and in every church in America, I'm sure. But as we hear from him, as we talk to him, and as we serve him, we start to see this, this walk of obedience start to be a more natural thing, less and less contrived, less uh, forced, less of a burden, and more of a way of life. Uh, That's what obedience should look like. Uh, And that's what your walk and my walk should look like. We have to hunger after that to find it. We have to be intentional about it to move in that direction. It just don't happen. I'm going to tell you, the enemy doesn't want your obedience. He doesn't want a lick of obedience out of your life and mine. He'll see to it that that doesn't happen. By keeping you frustrated where you're not, what you don't know, where you haven't arrived yet, where you you feel inadequate, he'll be faithful to remind you of that uh, constantly. As we step into obedience by hearing from him, talking to him, and serving him in in a consistent way, we're going to start to, our hunger is going to start to grow for him, and we're going to find ourselves growing in in, in a more godly direction at a faster pace, uh, and our lives starting to make a greater difference to, to the lives of people around us. I promise you that will occur, but obedience has to be pursued. And so... Don't follow your pastor's. Yes, do that. Follow your pastor's example in obedience to God. Just don't, don't follow your pastor's example as it relates to obedience to man. Because I don't do a good job at that yet. Still working on that. But follow, follow your pastor's example in obedience to God. I would be bold enough to, to encourage you to do that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not arrived. Don't hear that. So follow my example in obedience. Till you find a more godly one to follow. Hear that. Uh, and there, there are plenty of godly ones in this church to follow us. But as we, uh, as we step into obedience and see the, 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 the power in it, that God can use, use our life to tell a story of him to others. But uh, well, that, that's a battery charging kind of thing. It, 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 it'll, give, it'll, it'll encourage your growth and your, your desire to know him more, to hunger after him more. Uh, and I encourage it, all of us in that direction. Let's pray. Father our lives uh, each of us in this room our lives should be pictures of obedience and they're not for the most part uh, I can say for me because I, I'm on the throne and not you. I think I know best in this situation instead of you. Or because I'm fearful of what obedience is going to cost if I obey God when he asked me to Pack up and move someplace else to serve Him, do something else that i have not not done or don't know anything about before to, to be obedient to Him. And sometimes the answer to that is yes, but but it, it's always for our good, and always for kingdom glory. So would you encourage our spirits and our hearts today from the words of John? To find ourselves in a place of obedience, to find ourselves not gauging our lives, but off of a checklist, off of a, off of a, a list of rules and commands and, and, and uh, a bunch of do's and don'ts. But finding ourselves in line with the lifestyle and the example and the model of Jesus himself, who was obedient to death, even death on the cross for us, obedient to his father, obedient to, to, to the plan of redemption and salvation for us, willingly laying, laying down himself that we might have life, Would we seek after that obedient spirit, that obedient attitude, that obedient lifestyle? Follow his model. Give us, Father, today a hunger and thirst for more of you, realizing the more we learn of you and the more that's squeezed out in our life, the more we hunger after spiritual things. The more we seek you, the more faithful we are to you, the more we look like you, the more our conversations change, the more our attitudes change, the more our desires and want-tos change. Stir those things in us today. Obedience will be a natural byproduct of it. As we hunger and thirst for you, obedience is far, going to be far easier to live and walk. So, stir those things in us and through us today to others this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.